Hello, everyone. Man, I'm sorry it's been a while since I've recorded uh, my third podcast, but I'm back today. I apologize. Um, You know, it's been a a few weeks. Uh, I couldn't quite get my head together to continue recording my podcast, but thank you. Thank you so much for waiting on this episode and for coming back to listen. I've dealt with a lot the last few weeks mentally trying to process through my relapse and my new issues with my now former therapist. So back to talking about what has led me to where I am today. Last time I spoke about my military sexual assault and what led me to to therapy in 2017. As I ended the previous podcast, I also spoke about how determined and excited I was to start working on myself. My therapist and I started meeting weekly. I'm talking homework after homework after homework he gave me. And I was completing it because I was dedicated to improving my mental health and getting past what happened while I was in the military. You know, the homework, it was a little bit overwhelming, but you know, I was excited to do it because I just really wanted to focus on improving my overall life, you know, just to make a better life for me. Um, you know, in the beginning, the homework, it was a bit challenging because we focused on developing stuck points and challenging my beliefs that were created because of the assault. Um, you know, I mean, there are so many things that develop in my head that I really didn't recognize for years that, you know, created problems, especially in my relationships with men. And even sometimes in my relationships with friends and family, I mean, there were just so many things that I didn't realize were or that had developed because of the assault. But as I continued through this therapeutic process, all of these things start coming to the surface and now I understand it a lot better. Um, I was married for 21 years and I was in, in a relationship and engaged after my marriage ended for five years to someone else. To be honest, I thought my marriage would last, but that really ended about three years into the marriage. I'll explain that a little later as we go on, but you know, 21 years, that ended really within three years, just kind of crazy. Uh, I thought I would be married today to my ex-fiance that ended four and a half years into the relationship. Now, of course, I didn't get engaged to him until after my ex-husband and I were completely um, separated and divorced. Um, I thought I would live happily ever after with the man of my dreams. I think we all think like that. But here I am, single today. That didn't happen. My first serious relationship after the assault was to my ex-husband. When I started dating him, I had no idea I was holding on to some trauma that would later prevent me from being a good partner. We did not have a physical relationship while we dated because I wanted to maintain what little virtue I perceived I had. When I met him and we started dating, I knew that eventually he and I would be married. At least I had hopes of that. So. He and I both agreed that we would remain celibate throughout the, throughout the dating process. And then obviously when we get married, then we'll uh, consummate the marriage, which is what we did. So, you know, six months, 
the first six months, I, I really thought we had a great physical, intimate relationship. And, you know, prior to marriage, the most I would do was kiss and hug him. Now we were actually engaged in more intimacy. And, you know, sex was a huge part of that intimacy. But to be honest, I consider myself sexually conservative. And he was the same way. Foreplay for us consisted of kissing and very little touching. Followed by missionary style only sex or making love. And we were both satisfied, I think. Wow, I can't believe I'm admitting to this, but it's true. I know it's kind of sad, but that's just the way I am. You know, six months into the marriage, everything is working great. We're having a great time. Then all of a sudden things change. I wanted to be with my husband, but I did not want him to touch me. And if I engaged in intimacy at all, it was out of obligation. I faked my way through every encounter and did not enjoy being in what I considered a compromising position. Just think, I felt I was in a compromising position making love to my husband. And that's kind of where I'm talking about, you know, three years. So for three years, we worked on trying to build that intimacy between us. I worked diligently to try to get over whatever was blocking me. I had no idea at that point what it was. All I know is in my head, I just did not want to be touched. And it was beginning to cause problems in my marriage. So eventually, because I was pushing him away as I was withdrawing myself, eventually um, my ex-husband had an affair. And I know I pushed him into that affair. I mean, here I was withdrawing myself. What was he supposed to do? And I wasn't really communicating. So, you know, he, he just, he didn't know what to do. And I didn't realize that what I was doing was pushing him to another woman. But that is what happened. I just didn't realize how damaged I was from the assault until after we were married. I mean, my desire for him was just null and void. And like I said, for three years, he worked very hard. He and I both worked very hard to build that relationship. And then for the next two years, we just kind of existed. Uh, He had the affair. I forgave him for the affair. We tried to work through things, but we just couldn't get anything back. Um, And when I say anything, I'm talking about the sad part about it is I'm talking about what happened in the first six months, the greatness that we had. We could not get that back. So we eventually separated. And then we stayed married another 16 years. We were legally separated, but married for a total of 21 years. But together, only five of that 21. At this point... I still did not relate my actions or my behavior to the assault. After my husband and I separated, I dated a few men on and off, but never allowed anyone to really get close enough to make me feel uncomfortable. My friends all thought I was just playing with the emotions of men because I would go out on dates, but nothing serious. I don't know what I was doing, but what I do know is that they were not coming home with me and I wasn't going home with them. This attitude lasted for many years, and then 
All of a sudden, I met my ex-fiance, a man who made me want to compromise my own rule of no intimacy for at least two months. I wanted him bad, and I got him. This time, I was the aggressor, and I wanted to be with him until I was with him. We connected on so many levels. We, we didn't have a lot in common, but we connected. And I admired him, and he admired me, and I enjoyed talking to him. He enjoyed talking to me. We did so many adventurous things together. It was just a great time. And I, like I said, I wanted him. I wanted him bad. And I was able to, and we were able to establish a relationship. And I really, truly enjoyed being with him. Sex was not a priority in the beginning. For me, it wasn't. And I was just able to enjoy being with him. The first two years, great. Then all of a sudden, everything changed. Even though I loved him more than I loved myself, I started to feel suffocating. And I looked for every excuse not to hold his hand, not to hug him, not to have sex, not even to kiss him. He stuck it out and worked through my weirdness and eventually proposed to me after four and a half years, and I accepted. But five months after the engagement, I realized I couldn't take it anymore. I couldn't marry this man. He was what I consider probably, I can't say perfect, but he was a good man. But I was pushing him away. And there were things that he was doing that was pushing me away. But when I think about it, it was me who was pushing him away the most. I was pushing him into the arms of another woman. And I realized this. And the reason, I mean, I was doing it. There is no reason. I didn't have a reason for it at the time. I just kept distancing myself from him more and more. And I knew it was leading to the history repeating itself. And I just couldn't go through that again. I could not go through someone having an affair on me because even though I wasn't giving them anything, I wasn't giving it to anyone else either. So, you know, I I just, I made the decision. I mean, I couldn't live under this weirdness and survive. And I knew he wouldn't abstain from extramarital and extramarital affair. At least I don't think he would have. I felt like I would for sure be in divorce court within months, within a months to a year after the marriage. So I ended the relationship. And here I am today, still alone. I mean, it's kind of sad because when I think about it, you know, especially I remember the first time where I really felt alone after our engagement ended and I was sitting at our dining room table at the dining room table that we used to have dinner at almost every night and all of a sudden I'm sitting there alone the only thing that gave me some comfort was now and this was after I started going to therapy now I had a therapeutic environment where I could process through what I was feeling or what I have felt back then with my therapist. But like I said, now today I'm 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 alone. I don't even have my therapist any longer. You know, 
things that as we went out went through this therapeutic process we as we've gone through this therapeutic process my therapist and I are no longer in that therapeutic relationship or that environment I am no longer seeing him so yes I'm alone <laughs> ah boy this is very hard to talk about um I tell you about these relationships because they are contributing factors as to why I started therapy and how I came up with my first stuck point, which was, I believe I will be harmed if I open myself up emotionally to another man. So I abstained from pursuing any new relationships after my engagement ended and prior to therapy. Fear and anxiety. I mean, I was afraid, I was stressing, I was anxious. All of that prohibited me from doing anything that involved an emotional or physical relationship. I was blaming myself for everything that happened. And I detailed it all out during the sessions. And I kind of want to go back to my stuck point because this was the first stuck point. And it just really hit me that this was the first stuck point that I came up with. And when I think about it, my therapist has done exactly this. I mean, this exact same thing that I just spoke about in my first, the first stuck point that he helped me to create is now, has now reoccurred today. <laughs> that I believe... I would be harmed if I opened up myself emotionally to another man. And that's what I did with him. <laughs> with my therapist, I opened myself up emotionally. And now I'm the injured party. Now I'm the hurt party. And now I'm the one that's dealing with this mentally and socially. So, yeah. It's just kind of some things hit you as you're speaking and you know, all of a sudden you're just like, oh yeah, this is, yeah. But anyway, you will learn more as we continue to go through the um, the podcast, the additional episodes of the podcast. But yes, this is kind of um, mind blowing for me. Um, the other thing, so like I said, fear and anxiety um, prohibited me from moving forward. And I just started, I, I blamed myself for everything. And I was detailing it all out with my therapist. It was my fault Command Sergeant Major harassed and assaulted me. It was my fault men walked away or I pushed men away. One person even told me that I was not lovable and I couldn't be emotionally attached. Hearing statements like that really hurt me. And I share all of these with my therapist. I was an open book for him. Each week, I would share more and more about myself. And each week, my trust for my therapist grew stronger. We were doing good work. I was processing and thinking through everything we worked on, during and even outside of session. I couldn't get it out of my head that I was feeling better and better about my mental capacity to have a relationship and to improve my everyday life. And my therapist was helping me feel this way. And I give all power to him at that point because I can tell you right now, I was coming out of there walking on a cloud. <laughs> you know, I kind of think my feelings for him 
as a trust figure developed within the first four weekly sessions. But I didn't feel anything more intense or connecting at that point. I just thought that we had a great connection as far as a therapist and a client. And so I just, just skipped around happy and just continued to work. I completed my homework, thought about what we discussed throughout the week, researched terms on clinical approaches, and prepared myself for the next session each week. Star student EW with no transferable additional in-depth thoughts. At least I thought. <laughs> um, until January 31st. January 31st, 2018. Wow. So come back to hear what transpired on this day and all the days afterwards because this is the beginning of the turning point, January 31st. Thank you again for listening to my podcast. Again, I'm hoping that I'm giving you something that you're interested in and that you want to hear. But the focus is transference and the denial of countertransference and how it affects the client. Again, I see so many articles and research talking about from the perspective of the therapist or the psychologist or the psychiatrist from the professional. Very few perspectives are coming from the client. And I'm just gonna give you a true perspective from the client and what I've gone through. And in hopes by me sharing this with you, I can work through this process and become normal again. So thank you again. I will get the next podcast out as soon as possible.